because you don't do the work, you've held on to thinking that it is yours when it truly isn't. And so it's one of those things of having to do the work. I mean, you're going to fail no matter what. And so if you can learn to fail, if you can fail early on and be ahead of the curve, how much more knowledge does that give you? How much more opportunity does that give you? What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninja? On this episode, we get into the idea of biases, how each of us have a bias towards something in life because of our experience, because of our perspective, because we may have limiting beliefs that somebody else has put inside of us that we've held on thinking that it's true to us when it's not. So it's one of those things to take a look and really do the deep dive and ask yourself, what biases do you have? What biases are holding you back from really tapping into things that are there that could potentially take you to that next level or relationships that you can potentially build through the people that you meet, but because your biases jump up, it stops you from being able to go do big things and make those changes in the world that you want to see because you miss out on the opportunity because of the biases that are showing up. So part of what you need to do is you've got to do the deep dive and do the work to tear out these biases so they don't stop you from missing out on opportunities that are showing up and being present within your life by just being there, but you end up stopping it because the biases are coming up. Other than that, enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you later. All right, guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Legacy Digging with Two Native Sons. I'm one of your hosts, Patrick Marcomi, with Scott Brent. <laughs> and uh, what are we going to be talking about today? I-, I feel as if you have a lot of individuals that are looking over opportunities because of the bias that they have for whatever it is and this is going to come along in lines because of going through the training for tiktok and you talk to a lot of people and they kind of are hesitant or they kind of push back when they think about a new different type of platform even though tiktok's been around for a while now but it's just the fact that you get a lot of people when you try to bring it up and share with them and people are like i want to grow but then they're hesitant or they push back because it's not the normal aspect whatever that is it's the fact of being open-minded and looking and seeing if this is something that can benefit you regardless of what it is even if it's not a social media platform what can you do in regards to build your legacy and what does a potential platform provide you in regards to leaving that message or really impacting your ideal client by utilizing it properly yeah and i think that's a great topic and if you feel called out a little bit just know that you're not alone Gosh, I want to say it was right after the pandemic started, uh, probably because the pandemic was like 2019. I don't even know. <laughs> that must have been 2020 because I remember I started the business in 2019 and I hired my first employee on April 1st, which was like right after the announcement. Mm. But it must have been April 2020. Right when people were starting to kind of get into TikTok after kind of like being bored at home. So this is probably like May, June. And I never would go and like intentionally make my own memes, right? But I went out of my way (laughs) to create a meme that says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but TikTok is not the answer. Fast forward 2022, damn, was I wrong, right? (laughs) So I had to eat a little bit of crow. Mm. But... 
here's the thing is that bias is always going to be there. Yeah. Right. Whether it's you heard something through the grapevine, somebody else that you knew had a bad experience, you yourself had a bad experience, guilty by association, uh, resistance to change, whatever it is, the bias is always going to be there. My bias for TikTok was I'm not a dancer. So all the videos I saw were all these people doing dances. And I was like, hell no, that's not the platform for me. Fast forward two and a half years later. And I'm like, dang, TikTok may be a good solution for me to diversify my business portfolio in terms of where I can grow. And so understanding that one, if you are, or if you have some sort of resistance, or if you have a bias towards something, that doesn't mean that you're like a horrible person. We all have them. Yeah. But it's if you're willing to take a look at those things, if you're willing to maybe do your own research, then can you really understand, then can you really maybe have the ability to make change or grow from it by eliminating that bias. And I think that's a big portion that a lot of people don't realize that we're all in the same pool when when it comes to having those. Yeah, well, I think that also comes into the point of being aware and being mindful because if those biases are showing up there's something there for you to explore but if it's a fact of not wanting to do that work because doing the exploration of finding out what the root cause of that bias is can be tough because now you're having to confront maybe limiting beliefs or a belief system that doesn't belong to you anymore but it's from somebody else And so that's also cutting into your comfort zone, your bubble there, because you're having to tear down and withdraw what doesn't belong to you because that bias could be caused by somebody else's beliefs. And now because you don't do the work, you've held on to thinking it is yours when it truly isn't. And so it's one of those things of having to do the work, but how often are people wanting to do the work because it's not the easiest because you're confronting things and you're potentially having to tear out things that don't serve you anymore. But it's that crutch that was serving you as a comfort blanket. Yeah, I think where most people, they get to a point where change is a lot of work, mm-hmm. absorbing change, learning how to adapt, learning how to run with it. But I think everybody has heard all the stories of people who could learn to adapt and early adapters, right, are the ones that influence the most. Mm -hmm. Simon Sinek basically had a training that talks about the limbic portion of the brain, which is the top portion of your brain. And that's actually, he calls it your gut feeling, which Mm -hmm. basically is, that's the part that doesn't appeal to reason. He says that appeals to basically that instinct feeling. And he talks about basically only the top 10 percenters of people that adapt to something new or welcome something new are the ones that pretty much bring in and make change. Mm. And then you have certain percentages that fall down. So you've got the people who are not resistant to change, but they're going to follow through. You have the people who basically eventually conform just because it's the norm. And then you have a low bit of resistance of people who only upgrade because they absolutely have to. He said, but that small 10% that are lining up for uh, the new iPhones three days before launch or whatever, or, you know, they have to have the newest iPhone because it identifies with who they are as people being on the cutting edge, being on the forefront. You know, essentially what I took from that is that, man, if you are willing to get in front of change, if you are willing to embrace it when it happens, you know, it's a gamble, of course, but 
I mean, you're going to fail no matter what. And so if you can learn to fail, if you can fail early on and be ahead of the curve, how much more knowledge does that give you? How much more opportunity does that give you? Well, I think it's a unique approach on that one too, because if you embrace change, because change is only consistent in life. Everything else is what it is, but change is always happening around us. The unique thing is if you can embrace it, even if failure does take place or it doesn't work out like you wanted to, what can you take from that situation? What tools are you able to take going forward and implement? And then what you've learned, maybe there's a tweak that needs to be made. So where you're at now, you take that tweak, put it into effect and then move forward. But it's the fact of the ego getting in the way and having that fear of, am I wrong? <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, somebody once told me the only constant is change, mm. right? And that's always stuck with me. But I want I want you guys to listen to this. Um, if you take very few things from this, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Failure gives you the ability to manifest. And what I mean by that is that the more that you fail, the more that you're going to learn. The more that you have from what you have learned, the more opportunities you have to be able to create because you know now how to avoid the pitfall that you Mm -hmm. went through before. It teaches you how to pivot. It teaches you how to adapt. It teaches you how to evolve. And by doing that, having those skill sets are closer to being able to create what you want with the results that you desire. Mm. <laughs> There's always a, an opportunity for either a win or a growth piece and by embracing the change. But it, it's such a unique thing, though, because going back to the idea of TikTok, after going through the class and listening to the training, and then you start seeing people come up and kind of bash it, even though it's been around. It's, the funny thing is, like, Rachel, that did the training, was talking about the fact that Facebook and IG didn't take it seriously. And so they were allowing them to run ads on their platforms. And now you look at them and like Rachel was bringing up the fact that it's a wait for me friend when it comes to like Facebook and IG, it's a copycat thing. And so you have this aspect that it's still early. And she was talking about the fact that the for you page on TikTok, 75% of contents found on that. So it's still an early process. But even with it being around and having the social proof and having things show up and work for people, you still have people resistant to it because it's some form of change and it's not what they built around before. And people are used to doing all like the static pictures and all that, but now it's the short form video content. Yeah. And so let's talk about that because I think that a lot of people who are podcast listeners their audience may not be on TikTok or they themselves may not be on TikTok. So let's just talk about and run through a list of some of the objections that we've heard from people who are resisting jumping over to TikTok, right? And and some of the misconceptions. So we've heard, oh, it's a data mine for China, right? We've heard that, oh, it's a cybersecurity issue. We've heard, oh, it's too late because there's so many people that are on TikTok, right? This is not my ideal clientele on TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Somebody brought up the fact that it's a unique approach in human psychology. And I was like, <laughs> the social media is a, has a unique approach for human psychology in and of itself anyways. Right.
So basically, let's talk about all that stuff, right? The original company or the company that holds ownership, I think it's called Bitely. Hmm. Started in Shanghai, but they've always had a U.S. office here in California. Okay. They also acquired a company called Musical.ly. Musical.ly is very popular with the younger crowd and ultimately is kind of what the variation of TikTok that you see now. Because I think, if I remember correctly, a lot of their ads would basically be somebody coming onto the screen and then it was kind of like editing the effects. So hmm. like somebody was like dancing with the rain and controlling it or whatever, things like that. It's a lot of the effects now that we see on TikTok. But again, started in, in China originally, but has always had a U.S. office. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I think a lot of this hate for foreign country policies and events <laughs> came during the pandemic, right? Because yeah. of coronavirus being the Kung flu, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, I think that even now I saw somebody on my Facebook that was talking about let's stop buying things and importing things from China. And if one household, uh, every household did it, you know, we would have 200,000 more jobs in America, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing is that we've come to grow and become reliant on everything that's been imported. Mm -hmm. We're we're so accustomed to using every other country's resources before tapping into our own. So in theory, Yes, it sounds all well and good. Problem is, is that now you have to find people who are willing to do the research, people who are willing to create these things and to try and find somebody who's willing to do it for the same dollar cost or similar dollar cost. And people who turn around and say, oh, well, I would support that if it was American based for cost more. No, you wouldn't. Um, And the reality of it is is that most people are always looking to go with the lowest price. Mm -hmm. And so that's the society that we live in. So if you want to talk about, you know, social proofing and concepts, Mm -hmm. that is a good look at yourselves and your own household to determine if that's actually something that you would do or not. On social media, I believe it's easier to do. So it's very interesting how people, based on the bias, people will go because our brain is, no matter how advanced we are with things around us, our brain is still this 2 million year old organ in our head that is still finding negative biases because it's a protection mechanism. And so we still have the issue where people are looking for negativity from everything. So one of my deployments, I was deployed to Afghanistan and we would walk to another base. It was about a three minute walk. You'd have these kids out there selling trinkets for their family to make money for their family and all that. And so as an American, you see that and you're like, man, this is rough. Like this shouldn't be happening, but that's their culture. That's how it's brought up. And so that's the thing that we're coming from a lens of perspective of where we're at in America and we're not taking into consideration these other cultures. So it's a, it's a unique thing here. It's not stuff that we normally touch on and whatnot, but it just came up this way. Yeah. But it's the the funny thing is how people talk about a data mining for China. Think about what was happening with the, the whole election. And you had <laughs> Facebook and the different things that were being pushed out to different parties and whatnot. It's the same thing. So if we're going to try to make this argument you might as well like get out of everyday life and not be on social media because get off your phone. Yeah. Right. Every single app that you download, every single thing that basically has access to your camera, your pictures, it's no different, mm-hmm. right? Insurance companies having you download the app for driving. <laughs> I mean, 
it, again, can I prove that insurance companies aren't using that information to sell it to Amazon? Absolutely not. But, you know, I do know that it'll give you a discount on your insurance, <laughs> right? You know, so the thing is that everything that you're pouring into, I mean, you think that these companies didn't have access to your information before there's consumer reports as to what your household buys, what people in your zip code turn around and buy. So the information is still there, yeah. right? The information to be able to gather that, you know, from surveys, from, you know, people go and take these surveys to get a $50 gift card all day, every day. Mm-hmm. They're going to get their information one way or another. This has just sped up the process. But again, <laughs> people somehow think that just because it was coming through a TV or through a person, that it's somehow safer than what it was on their phone. Yeah. And it's a fear tactic. So anyway, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> Not our normal conversation. <laughs> well, just realize that, like, man, if you're worried about this taking your data, but you're not worried about Amazon taking your information mm-hmm. or Facebook in terms of how you even got advertised to in the first place, yeah. like, you're really ignorant if you think that one applies and the other doesn't. Well, it's funny. Uh, so yesterday, my mom ended up getting a text saying, "Hey, your card's going to be charged this amount of money. If this wasn't you, contact this number." I was listening to the conversation and I looked at the text and after it said, not you question mark, contact us. The contact was in the lowercase C. So I was like, they're or you're scamming you. So she was talking to the first rep and I was listening to the conversation. My mom was like, here, talk to my son. She gave me the phone and they hang out. They hung up on us after I got on the phone. <laughs> so she's like, let's call it again. So she called it again. And I was like, I don't know if you want to do that, but she did it. And I was on there listening, and the guy that picked up was speaking in some foreign accent or something like that. Got on there, and I was like, what would you say? And then he came on speaking clear, and I was like, where'd your accent go? Hung up on me. <laughs> I was like, what is this? It gave me a good laugh, but it's just nuts, the things that are taking place. Yeah. And you know what's really crazy is that these guys are getting paid. Mm. They are being paid a low dollar amount which is more money than they make in their countries. And they're getting really good at this scamming thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But somebody is paying them to be able to do that. Yeah. Right. And so again, to think that corporations are the only ones who are basically trying to get your information when you have these people who are here stateside paying low wages to people out of the country to do their work for them. Yeah. That's a whole different topic for a whole different story, <laughs> but that is something that I want people to think about. Like, just because you are conveniently using a company, you put the bias that you have for that in the back of your mind mm-hmm. because you use that service. So you become an advocate. So you automatically think, well, it's not so bad that Amazon is doing it because they're really looking out for the interests of things that I want because I'm talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that they're like, it's okay. Well, I use Facebook, so I'm willing to let go of that. But hell no, if TikTok does it, just because I'm not a user on TikTok, (laughs) they're the devil. They're going to take my information and farm that out. It's the same exact thing. Uh, But you put your bias where you want to because you conveniently use it. Yeah, well, and I think when you look at the whole legacy building process, it's the aspect of understanding you have a bias, doing the work so you can have an open mind. So that way your bias doesn't stop you from missing out on an opportunity or missing out on a connection because of the bias that's coming up from past experiences, something of that nature. So I look at this fact that it it goes into building your legacy 
by tearing down that bias, which goes into doing that internal deep work, which is not the easiest. No, it is not, but it is the most rewarding. It is the most conscience clearing. It is the most alleviating mm-hmm. thing, but it is also the most taxing thing at the same exact time, right? Here's another bias that I want to talk about is most people in this country get really excited to file taxes. Mm. Everybody hates the idea (laughs) of having to go through that process, but also at the same time is not the goal for most people to try and get a return. Uh, Yep. Which we, which honestly, if you look at it, you're loaning your money to the government and they're doing whatever with it and you're getting a lower rate of return. So it is funny how people will get excited because it's money that's coming back. And if you also are looking at it from a filing status, if you are filing and hoping to get a return, are you really in the ideal mm. price bracket or are you an ideal earner of where you want to be financially? Mm. Yep. Because I think the higher or the lower percentage that you are in, so being a higher earner, isn't the top 3% responsible for 70% of the taxes? Yeah, I'm not exactly for sure that of that, but I know, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing because if you understand, so if you understand the tax code, there's two different tax codes. You've got business owner tax code and you've got the, the W-2 employee tax code. Correct. And that's the other thing where the bias can kick in, where people will get mad at the wealthy and then making their money, but they're turning around and creating businesses and they're creating a return on that money to right. cycle through the economy. Yes. But that bias of money is bad. People that have money are not the good people. <laughs> but it's understanding that money is a tool. Money is a leverage piece for you to go do bigger things. Without money, you can't make an impact. You can't do what you want to do. Correct. And... and- Let me also interject here. The goal for the business owner is to be able to have the financial freedoms Mm -hmm. or just the freedoms to be able to do more of what they want, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of times what's great about America is that you have the ability to create the ability to have tax Mm write-offs. The problem is that as a W-2 employee, you're not given those opportunities to be able to find those. As an entrepreneur and business owner, there's also ways where you can do it so that way your income is deferred or is tax writable, you know, and or other ways that you can create uh, the opportunities for that. But people are only focused on the results because they themselves are kicking themselves in the pants for thinking, Oh, well, this guy didn't pay taxes. Yes, he did, but he did it in the right manner Mm -hmm. and knew enough about the tax statuses that he could basically come up on, on top. Now, again, it's not something you can do in a month, right? This is something strategically that you're doing throughout the year. This is something that you are well aware of and ahead of the game. So those of you who think that people are out there duping the system, that is not the case. It's just that they have the foresight to understand that ahead of time. Whereas most people, most business owners are leveraging and only focusing on the now. Well, it's unique too. When you think about that, there's 
there's tax accounts or CPAs out there that don't fully understand the entrepreneurship side. And I've heard people speak on it that if you don't have a proper CPA that understands that, and it could be somebody that's never done entrepreneurship before, you're potentially shorting yourself. And so that bias of it's a CPA, they should know everything. Not necessarily. So your bias is kicking in because of the title of this person. You got to go do the research. You got to go have the conversation with them. So it goes back to the bias of, oh, they've got the title, so they should know everything. <laughs> Correct. And again, there are many doctors who've gone to school. Not every single one of them was valedictory mm-hmm. of their class. Not everyone was in the top 1% of the school that they graduated from. There has to be people on the full scale, full spectrum. There's also many of them who probably just don't test well. There's many of them who probably barely scrape by. Yeah. You never know what was going on with that person or that individual. But just because somebody has a title doesn't mean that they're an expert, mm-hmm. right? Or just because somebody's an expert in one field doesn't mean that they're their expert on everything. No. And so again, stigmas, bias, right? If you just assume somebody's a doctor and that they know everything, chances are you're probably going to be let down if you go to them and ask for certain things. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, and I think it's interesting because when you think about that expertise, when you go through training and go gather your own experiences, you become potential expert in that field. But the thing is, it's not trying to know everything. So there was a group that had jumped in for reels on Facebook And there was a lady that made a comment about how do I grow my audience? I'm stuck at this amount. And so I presented, I was like, are you presenting a CTA at the end of your video, a call to action, which the easiest one is follow me, follow me for more. And then are you engaging with your audience as they're making comments on your videos? Are you engaging that way? And she's like, I haven't thought about it, but thank you for that um, information. And then there was another um, individual that had talked about maxing out their bonuses in seven days and they're like what do i do i put it out of all this content what else do i do because i'm maxing out and i asked the question i was like what can you solve outside of your reels for your audience what can you do for your audience to build an extra income stream so it's (laughs) the same thing it's like you get so tunnel focused and that bias starts building up and that can lead you down this one road that it's hard to see everything because the biases have built up when if you just tear it down, the perspective opens up to a lot larger to see things that you didn't really consider or think of before. Let me ask you this. Which one do you think is the worst bias to deal with? One, that you think that you can overcome everything by yourself. Or two, that you don't have the resources or the people around you to help you get through whatever it is that you're stuck on. Oh, man, that's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, that's a bad bias on both ends I would say honestly because I see people every day in both yeah I I would say probably somebody that thinks they can do everything on their own and they don't need help because they're going to be stuck they're more stubborn than potential somebody that where they're at but they don't see the resources so that could be the fact of who they're surrounding themselves with. So that could be an easier bias to overcome by working with them to start tearing that down and have them start seeing, okay, what's your circle look like? Somebody that's like, I can do this all on my own. I don't need anybody else. 
that circle is probably non-existent. So that's going to be a very difficult thing to try to overcome bias-wise because they're that one-man show and their circle is probably non-existent. Well, and it's a mentality switch as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I see people still up on both sides. You know, I think that when you look at, like you said, the person who has and thinks that they can overcome everything in certain ways, I'm sure it's helped them, Mm -hmm. right? I'm sure that they've been in rough patches where they had to pull themselves up and that's a hard thing to do as well. But I think that they have maybe more things to overcome, including themselves, including pride, mindset, mentality, this ability to ask for help, right? Because they are building it themselves. And versus the other side, I think when you yourself are stuck, it's part of you is like, do I have that within myself to let go of the pride? Do I have the ability to ask for help? Do I need to change my circle up? Do I need to level up, so to speak? What are the different elements? And for sometimes there's so many elements mm-hmm. that they have to go through before they find whatever the right one is, or they have to go through all of them to be able to get there. And so that can also be an uphill battle because you can get stuck for so long after being on this peak or this ascension and then realize, man, I climbed this mountain. Now I have to go down and go all the way back up again. Right. That itself can also be a feat too. So I've seen it uh, go both ways. I just thought it'd be kind of a fun question to throw out there. Yeah, that's a, that like for me, it'd be a tough one, but I think it's uh, probably an easier bias to overcome somebody that's thinking that they're limited compared to somebody that's on the one man show aspect, but it's a very fine line. It's like the trolley game of do you save this trolley and have it go down to kill off the super villain baby, or do you have it go and kill off the old people that probably don't have much more to contribute to society. So it's that, that catch 22 type question. (laughs) So since we started this talking about the TikTok training that we recently took, what were one of the top two or three things that you took away from this training, which you're going to be able to apply for yourself? I think ultimately just hearing people of different following levels, having the opportunity to really create some massive income because you have companies that are looking for ways to try to connect with their audience properly. And TikTok offers the platform that you don't get from a lot of the other platforms. And the other interesting thing was the fact that the average watch time for TikTok is 81 plus minutes a day. The second closest to that is YouTube. So do you know how many minutes YouTube is that? She didn't give information on that, but she said a lot of this. She it's Rachel. Um, she talked directly to TikTok, the headquarters for this stuff. But it's just amazing to think about that, that you have a platform with a very large audience. But yeah, people that are making a lot of income because it's affording an opportunity for people to be their true authentic self. Yeah, you know what I what I think is really cool is that the ability for everyone to start on the same level and to outscale just by being consistent. Hmm. I think this training was really eye-opening for me to see that a wide range of people with different audience followings from a million to 2,300 people, you know, to hundreds of thousands, you know, a wide range of people who basically all said, I've been doing this for two years. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for three years, but I'm working with multi-million dollars, seven to eight figure earners for them to say, you know what? I just 
learn to overcome the fear of being myself. And even though I'm at a million followers, it is still hard. Or if I'm at 500 followers, it's still hard. Mm -hmm. But I push through that and allow myself to just be me and find my audience. Right. And to to see that people, it doesn't matter how big or how small they are, that there's a a whole lot of people out there who resonate just for them being them. That was huge for me to see somebody who had a million followers turn around and say, look, I still don't overcome that easy, but I just go and do it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a really big fear factor for a lot of the TikTok stuff. For a lot of people who don't know how to overcome themselves, this has really been a great avenue for them to really work on themselves to be able to do that. So I think that that's a plus. Mm-hmm. for utilizing that social media platform for those who are getting into reels and lives and Facebook videos and uh, YouTube, all those things. That's a, that's a huge W for these platforms because you have an opportunity to work on yourself yeah. without the pressure. And again, maybe it's pressure to get that first video out, fear of judgment, fear that people are going to maybe see you for the first time. But once you overcome that step, that's a huge win. Yeah. And that allows you to really figure out who you want. And I think the other thing to go with that, that was a big takeaway for me is that it's not a comparison game. Mm. And unlike most platforms, what I find is that TikTok is probably the least judgmental of the platforms. Mm. (laughs) Not to say that it doesn't exist because there are always going to be trolls. There are always going to be people who want to try and ruin somebody's day or, you know, are so insecure in themselves that they have to go and bash other people. Not to say it's not going to be there, but from what I've seen as a community, it is there far less and the potential to turn around and take that and blast somebody and find your audience yet again, to give you more (laughs) emphasis, more support you know, is there going viral? I think we talked about this in the training is that anybody could really go viral if they really wanted to, Yeah, they could become the most hated person and become viral. They could be the most controversial person overnight and become viral. And we've seen it, mm-hmm. but is that what you want to be known for going viral for? Yeah. And again, I think that the thought process of going viral for a lot of people is exciting, but it's equally What we don't talk about is how scary it may be because (laughs) for most people who are, most people are not well equipped to handle very quick succession. Yeah. And even if you're viral, if your video did go viral, that's, there's no guarantee that the next one will. There's no guarantee that it's going to bring you overnight success and fame and money. And even if it did, how would you handle it? Are you prepared to handle that? Yeah. And that's the things that people don't think about. So if they did have a million views overnight and they had opportunities and people were like, oh man, this video is trending. This is really cool. Can we get you on an interview? You would ride that wave, but you still wouldn't, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Your processes haven't changed your, you know, your programs, you know, do you have a website that you can direct people to? Do you have a training course that you can offer? You know, do you have all these things in place to be able to capitalize on? And most of the people, the answer would be no. Yeah. Right. Most people don't even have that thought process. And now all of a sudden they're really stuck. And guess what? All that momentum is gone. Now you have to start all over. Yeah. So, you know, understanding that it's a building process. It's a longevity game. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. And the ability to go viral is a bonus. Mm-hmm. 
because you definitely have all the tools to be a tool to go viral. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I think that speaks volumes though too. Like who's part of your circle? Yes. Because that's also where are you discussing ideas that can help elongate that can help push you forward or what does that circle look like? So it's just very interesting in regards that even your circle, you've got to be mindful because social media can show your true colors for your true circle. So even if they're part of your circle, are they showing up and joking in a manner that you're like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) So we talk about these big ideas, but then you show up on social media and you're making jokes and whatnot. doesn't correlate here. Sure. Sure. Well, and I think that everybody has a price. Mm. Everyone has a set number and they don't, maybe you don't know what that number is because you've never had it presented to you. But I promise you, there is a certain number that basically allows you to turn around and say, yes, I'll sign the dotted line for that. Mm. Right. But I think it also, you got to look and say, does this fall in line with my core values too? Because if you're being bought at a certain dollar amount, but it doesn't fulfill who you are, it doesn't match up. You got to do a deep dive again and say, okay, where am I truly at on this? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure we could go through a list, huge list amount of people that we've seen blow up on TikTok, right? Uh, there was one uh, probably about a year ago, this guy had put out uh, one of the duets and it was a beat and a song that he made. He sang the entire hook and basically the idea was for you to go ahead and mm. rap to the song. Well, I hadn't seen this guy's page in a while. I follow him, but again, I'm not real active on there up until training. (laughs) Um, But I went and saw his page and I'm seeing him post these videos of going to like living this luxury lifestyle between hotels, going to these meetings because Mm -hmm. from this one beat that he created, he has now founded a music company and they're doing live tours. And a girl that had duetted with him, he signed on as an artist for his label, and mm-hmm. now they're touring together. But to see somebody literally take something that he created from his house, uh, his um, homemade studio, mm-hmm. to now becoming a producer, a label owner, to traveling and doing tours for specifically for TikTok music. Yeah. Right. The thought that he literally just put this out there, put his art in the world and basically said, have at it for free. I want to see what you can do with mm-hmm. it to gaining this huge following of people that said, you know what? I will support you in your music. I will support yeah. you on your tours. I'll buy your merchandise and whoever else to see sign on ring, give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to think that in this digital world, right? I mean, back in the day, it was amazing that we found Drake and Justin Bieber on YouTube, mm. right? And that they signed on to major labels, Iggy Azalea, right? All mm. these all these people. And that was like, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Now you have people who are coming from their living room, turn around and becoming instant superstars yep. in a two to three years time, who turn around and marketing geniuses, people who are coaching, people who people have paid millions of dollars to coach to who are now seeking advice from people from TikTok, people who were stay-at-home moms, people who were, you know, working out of their garage, showing, doing these DIY projects that now they're the experts, 
that is the complete reverse of everything that we've ever known. And that's what makes this platform so amazing. Yeah. Well, it just goes back to you've got to clear those biases. So you build up one way and you're like, well, this is how it should be. But the way the world's moving and the way things, technology is that showing up and well, we'll get on this later, but like the idea of Web3 NFTs and just that ability to connect with people that you normally want to connect with. It's having that open mind and not having the bias of, oh, this is a new technology. I can't learn it. This and that. It's the same thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just unique in regards to ultimately having an open mind. Yeah. But to have an open mind, though, you've got to get rid of these biases and do the work on yourself to allow your mind to see these opportunities show up. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to do something that I don't know if we've really done this in the past, but for our listeners and uh, those of you who have supported the podcast for whatever length in time, uh, first, we just want to say thank you because, you know, just like dealing with our own bias. There's certain mm-hmm. times when it's really hard to get on uh, to record and stay consistent on this. And consistent for us is really just making sure that it continues to go. Uh, there's sometimes where it goes months, weeks uh, without recording anything. And there's certain times when it just flies by and we're hitting multiple. You know, with that being said, first and foremost, thank you. If you are doing videos, whether they're reels, TikToks, lives, live, live uh, streaming on maybe uh, Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, whatever those platforms are. I want to know what is it that you're streaming? What is kind of like what helped you decide what your niche is and who your ideal follower and how you got there? But I also want to be able to support what you do. And so if you're willing to reach out to us or if you're willing to put it in the comments, we would love to hear more in terms of who's following us, who's listening to us, but how can we support you? So if you want us to go and follow your channel, if you want us to go and uh, give us some honest feedback, you know, watching a live, or if you're open to collaboration, mm-hmm. you know, I think that uh, those are things that a lot of people maybe aren't willing to jump into. Um, but for us, we definitely want this to be able to, to be an interactive podcast as much as possible. Yeah. You know, a lot of times maybe it comes after the fact and that's fine too, but that doesn't mean that we don't have the opportunity to collab on something in the future. Yeah. Right. And that, uh, the cross, I don't want to say contamination, but uh, cross pollination. Cross pollination. Thank you. That's a better term for it. Uh, you just never know who somebody from maybe from your audience may be able to pick up something from us or vice versa. You know, somebody from our audience uh, may be looking for that type of entertainment that you're creating or the value that you're bringing. And so for us, we really want to bridge the gap. I think uh, for 2022, the rest of 2022, our goal is to bring more content than ever, whether it's to the podcast, whether it's to the reels and lives. Uh, So if you're already not following us on Instagram, uh, go ahead and and find us on all the platforms at Two Native Sons, which is this the world or the number is coaching. (laughs) Two Native Coaching. We'll have it all in the show notes, so that way you click on it easily. Yep. You know, for us, we're also again we talk about bias and being prepared for the next level. So we, we we ourselves are right in the middle of that. So. You know, we're in the middle of creating our website. We're in the middle of creating, you know, uh, the platforms and the trainings. So, you know, this is a way for us to be able to give back to the audience. 
this is also a way for us to be able to practice what we preach. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, by no means are we the experts at everything that we talk about here on the show, but it is proof in concept. It is having done these things and also the real time of what we're actively going through to be able to make this uh, as authentic as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, ultimately it's a, it's a collaboration piece, collaboration effort really. It's, the more we can come together and serve each other, the better off we're going to be. And it could be the fact that somebody in somebody else's circle recognizes something that maybe your circle doesn't have and you just never know. And that could be that one relationship, one connection piece that you need. And because of the collaboration that took place, it opened up that door to allow you to be found by somebody that can really help you move forward or whatever it is. And then I think um, maybe at some point this year, maybe we'll look to do a pretty decent sized sponsorship for one of our listeners, whether that be in form of uh, either like an endorsement Mm -hmm. uh, with with money or with merchandise, um, things like that. I mean, something really to kind of help put somebody else on the map in regards to chasing their dreams and their goals and supporting what they're putting together. So be on the lookout for that. We'll talk a little bit more about that after we kind of knock out some of the details, but I think something like that would be really cool just to be able to support somebody else. Yep. Other than that, (laughs) enjoy. And we appreciate everybody allowing us to be part of your journey, uh, allowing us to share perspectives that maybe aren't considered, but ultimately just uh, being there as we walk along the journey and, help other people extract that legacy piece and go and make a bigger difference in the world. Uh, Other than that, we'll catch you next episode.